We are in the season of Lent. Today is the fourth day of Lent already. So we had Ash Wednesday, then three days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a fourth day. <laughs> then three days after, three days between Ash Wednesday and the first Sunday, the Ashen Triduum. So we're just getting started, and the liturgy is giving us instruction on how to make progress on this journey. Today we get a special example of how to do it in the story of the tax collector, Levi. Before we get to him, I'd like to just mention the saints that are celebrated today, the seven holy founders of the order of the Servites of Mary. Sometimes they call them the seven holy founders or the seven holy brothers. One thing striking about this feast day is that it's the feast day of a group rather than just of one saint or another, which is a reminder to us that the whole church is called to holiness, not just individual people or individual saints who, who rise up. No, all of us, all of us are the community being formed by Mary in the way of holiness. So we might not all be servites, but we're all servants of Mary. So we ask the intercession of the seven holy brothers. Okay, let's take a look at this beautiful gospel story. It's about this tax collector named Levi, in the Philippines, sometimes called Levi, same person. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, he's called Matthew, but in Luke's gospel, he's called Levi. What's so beautiful about it is that it's, it's a simple summary of the, of the process of conversion, right? He's in his customs post, he's sitting at his job, he's sitting in sin, he's sitting in the world, he's sitting in his self-indulgence, he's sitting in his self-glorification, his self-righteousness, whatever it is that he's sitting in, that's where he is. Along comes Jesus, Jesus says, follow me. Levi gets up, he leaves everything behind, he follows him. That's it. It's a great summary. This is how conversion works, right? We're in the condition of our sin, the condition of our broken nature, and we're living in a broken world, and we're pretty much stuck there until Jesus comes along and says, follow me, and that gives us the, not only the, the idea that things can be different, but the power to do something different, and we can get up and follow him. Great. And that's why this story is always told at the very beginning of Lent, because Lent is a time to get up and follow the Lord. I hope you are up and following the Lord. Now, one of the highlights of this story is that Levi was a tax collector, which in those days was a pretty disgusting profession. That's why the tax collectors are always grouped in with the group they call the sinners, or sometimes tax collectors and prostitutes. So it was a pretty low profession because it was corrupt. So what we, what we see is this sudden change from being corrupt, being sinful, being stuck in the world, to being a follower of Jesus. That's the beauty of it. But, and this is what my reflection was today, what if he weren't a tax collector? What if he was just doing an ordinary job that wasn't a scandal? What if he were a fisherman? What if he were uh, selling fruits in the palenque? 
What if he was sitting at an insurance company? What if he was uh, just minding his business at home? In other words, not something particularly sinful. The call of Jesus still would mean getting up and leaving it behind and following. So it's more dramatic when you start with a, a person in a gross, sinful lifestyle. It's more dramatic conversion. But every conversion is a getting up, leaving things behind, and following the Lord. Even if the things we leave behind are not necessarily bad, like fishing or like working at Kentucky Fried Chicken, or, or working at the, at the local retail store, or running your own business. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But when Jesus says, follow me, the right response is, get up and follow. Now, the reason why I think this is a good thing to reflect on is because if we focus only on, Matt, on Levi's being a tax collector who gets called out of his old life, we can we can distance his example from our own life. We might say, oh yes, when I was in the world and when I was in a sinful life, I was like Levi, then the Lord called me and I left that behind. That was a long time ago. We might say that, if that's your story. Or we might say, well, it's a good thing if sinful worldly people get called to follow Jesus and they get up and follow him meaning other people should do that. But since I'm not a tax collector and I'm not living a sinful life, well, it doesn't really apply to me. And you see the danger here. If we apply the story only to ourselves when we were sinners or only to people who are sinners, then we exclude ourselves from the call of Jesus, follow me. And that's a problem. In fact, that puts us in the very condition of the Pharisees and the scribes who come, with the, come up in the second part of the gospel and think that Jesus is dealing with the wrong people. See the danger? To think that either I'm already following and therefore I don't have to change anything or I'm not a sinner and therefore I don't have to change anything. That's the trap. And this story is given to us at the very beginning of Lent to remind us, no, you too, me too, we do have to get up and follow the Lord. Now, it's a little bit of a challenge to us because it's easy to see that a sinful, worldly, selfish life should be left behind. It's easy to see that Matthew or Levi did the right thing getting up and leaving sin behind. But it's not so easy to see what it means to get up and follow the Lord when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Or when we already left behind something that was supposed to be left behind and now we're following Jesus. After all, when Levi tells this story, he says, oh, that's, that's the condition I was in. But three years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, what does it mean for him to hear the Lord say, follow me. You understand the, the difficulty? As if that word follow me only applies to those extreme or dramatic situations. No, it applies every day and it applies especially in Lent. So what does it mean to get up? And what does it mean to leave behind? Well, this is where we have to be ready to be taken by surprise by the Lord. 
Because what we leave behind, for, you're not going to leave your family behind for the most part. You're not going to leave your job for the most part. You're not going to leave your regular routine, assuming that it's the will of God, your work, your family life, responsibilities at home, responsibilities in the neighborhood and in the community. Usually, that's not what God wants us to leave behind. Well, then what does he want us to leave behind? Attitudes, habits, maybe some self-indulgence, judgment of other people, neglect of people. And th there's a whole category of things that we still have to leave behind we haven't even noticed. That's where Lent comes along. I say we have to be ready to be surprised by the Lord because the Lord comes along and says, follow me. And we say, well, what does it mean? I don't know, but you have to get up and follow. So, if there's anything in our life that is an attachment, or we're attached to, it, maybe a routine that we think it should be this way. I do this, I, I go to the market every Tuesday. Well, what if the Lord says, follow me on Tuesday, and you can't go to the market that day? Or what if your routine is, I always watch so-and-so on, uh, on the television, or on the, I, I, this is my favorite program on the, on the internet. What if the Lord says, follow me, and then you can't do that. Are you ready to let it go? I'm not talking about sinful things, or bad things, or scandalous things. I'm talking about attachments, or, or things that get in the way of saying yes to Jesus. It's a little bit more difficult. I was talking to someone the other day about fasting. Sometimes it's easier to give up something completely than to just cut back a little bit. It's one thing to say, I'll never look at Facebook for the whole 40 days. That's not that hard. We just don't turn on the Facebook. But it's different to say, I'm only going to look at Facebook for one minute a day. Well, that's a lot harder because then you have to do your regular whatever scroll or, or check your family news and then stop. But this is the kind of thing that following the Lord means after the initial dramatic change. It's little changes or what look like little changes on the outside, but that are still demanding and challenging and sacrificial steps. Well, that's Lent. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up because this is the Lenten journey. We're here at the very beginning, and the story of Levi tells us, yes, get up and leave behind sin. Leave behind the sinful lifestyle. Yes. But it also means get up and follow the Lord in whatever way he calls, in whatever new way he might introduce to us, in any way he might surprise us. Because the call of the Lord, in some ways, is always a surprise. Even if he's calling us to do the same thing we did yesterday. And that's often what he does, right? He doesn't change his mind. If he wants you to be, to be patient with your children or grandchildren yesterday, he wants you to be patient with them again today. If he wants you to let go of your attachment to some favorite activity or some favorite food yesterday, well, he probably wants you to get up and follow him again today too. And maybe no one will notice. No one's going to say, oh, what a dramatic conversion. What a change in his life. But you'll know inside if you're following the Lord or not. 
Okay, so that, this example of Levi is a great one for everybody, not just for gross sinners, for everybody, for each one of us. Now, as I say, the second part of the gospel brings up the objection of the Pharisees and the scribes who think that Jesus should not be eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners. This is the attitude that creeps into us when we say, first of all, we're doing okay, we're doing what we're supposed to do, and we're also saying God isn't doing what he's supposed to do. That's the attitude. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. God is not doing what he's supposed to do. That's their attitude. Now, they don't put it that bluntly. What they really do is they say, sinners, tax collectors and sinners, people who aren't doing the right thing, they should be excluded. They shouldn't be part of our circle. But what's actually happening is, when we're in this attitude, we're excluding ourselves from the Lord's circle. Putting a judgment on other people and putting a judgment on God. And that's a terrible spiritual condition to be in. So we're being warned at the beginning of Lent not to take this attitude that we are righteous and we don't have to change, that we're healthy and we don't need any physician, that other people are the problem or God is the problem. All those attitudes have to be left behind. So if you are wondering, what does is, what is this call of the Lord, follow me, mean today, it means leave this behind. Maybe you don't have to leave your job or your family. Probably not. But you do have to leave behind this idea that you're better than everyone else or that other people are worse than you or that God isn't doing things the way he should be doing. Those things have to be left behind. What's the message? Follow me. Follow me. Simple as that. Whatever it is, whatever the Lord is asking of us, say yes. Whatever the, the Lord is asking us to leave behind, say yes. And, and get up and follow the Lord. Now we're, 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 we're just at the beginning of the, of the journey. So let's start well so that we can make progress and we can finish well when we get to Easter. <laughs>